Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on Off the Couch on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Matt Mitchell, the running editor at Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. All right. This week on the show, I was joined by Francesco Pupi from his home in Italy to chat about his work with the Pro Trail Runners Association, which you can kind of think of as the first union between the top athletes in our sport. Something equivalent to what the NFL or the NBA has in the form of their Players Association. We got into the reasons why creating a collective, organized voice was necessary, given where trail running currently is as a professional sport. The PTRA's specific areas of focus, including anti-doping policies, athlete rights, and environmental protection, as well as how the association is formally structured. Francesco definitely walks the talk when it comes to how passionate he is about running. And in addition to co-founding the PTRA, he's also a Nike trail athlete and among the world's best sub-ultra distance trail runners. So we also spent quite a bit of time talking about his 2022 racing season, his impressions from his trip to Colorado and the States last year, and a whole lot more. But before I bring Francesco on, I just want to say that if you're enjoying listening to the conversations I've been having on this show and find yourself wanting to get more into trail running yourself, I'd encourage you to sign up for a Blister membership so you can send us an email and get my personal recommendations to help you find the right pair of running shoes. Check out the link in the show notes for more info on that, as well as all of the other benefits becoming a Blister member gets you. And finally, I also want to remind you guys to leave us a rating or review after this conversation wraps up. Little things like that really help us continue to put out new episodes of the podcast each week. Okay, let's get right into my chat with Francesco. Francesco, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I wanted to have you on to talk about the work you're doing with uh, the Pro Trail Runners Association. Um, but before we get into that, I kind of wanted to get a sense of your background and your own running career, because I think getting an idea of where you're coming from really helps speak to how much you care about the sport and why you're so passionate about it. Yeah. Um, you know, I like to describe myself as someone who deeply loves running in any form, not to be like to give myself any credit, but uh, I follow running at 360 degrees and I also run on any surface. And I don't think there's many people who do that because, you know, in the uh, era of uh, specialization, everyone is always focused on their event. Um, so it's difficult to find someone who follows the sport so broadly. Basically, for those of you who don't really know me, I'm from Italy and I live on the south side of the Italian Alps near Como Lake, which is pretty famous. Uh, it's a pretty beautiful area and uh, it's very good for training because you can... You can easily get to the mountains, but you can also run on flat. So that has probably allowed me to develop that style that I call any surface available, meaning that, you know, I want to, I want to achieve my potential and be competitive on any kind of terrain because this is like the best approach that I've found to running. And then, of course, I, I love trail running. My main discipline is trail running, and that's what I put the most energy and focus. Uh, but everything else that I do kind of helps me um, be the best that I can on that 
on that segment of the sport. So this is about me. Uh, and I think I've, like in my career, I've transitioned from a classic road and track and field background more onto the trails. Uh, and it was kind of a natural consequence because here in Italy, the trail and mountain running scene is so developed, especially what we call like classic mountain running with some true legends of the sport that were, you know, competing as long as 30 or 40 years ago. So I've heard legends of people uh, and stories of races uh, and competitions taking place around the area where I live. So to me, like trail and mountain running were a natural consequence of this process of exploration that I'm pursuing in the sport. That's where I am now. So I have a question about how, I guess, people kind of get into trail running um, in Europe versus the U.S. at like a professional level. Because sure. I think in, in the U.S. it's like, you know, most a lot of the folks that are at the top of our sport now have a college cross country or track background and then they yeah. find the trails after they graduate. What was that like in Europe and Italy in specific? Yeah, it's a great question because I think the trajectory is pretty different. Um there is probably not a definite way that people get into trail running, but many different ways. Um, so, for example, I come from I come from a classic track and road background, so it's very similar to what happens in the United States. But it's probably not the most common example. People like tend to get into trail running from uh, like maybe when they're already in their twenties, usually. Uh, and when they start before, they usually start from the shorter distance, like what we refer to as mountain running, which is like short, non-technical style of races. That is kind of like the um, translation of uh, road and track and field or cross country into trail running, just to give you an, a, an idea. And then I think there is a lot more people who come from like outdoor sports, uh, meaning like ski mountaineering, uh, especially also a little bit of cross-country skiing, as we're also seeing in the U.S. But I think those athletes have had a lot of success because, you know, they do such a big amount of training in the wintertime, but without stressing the body too much. And then they kind of transition onto the trails during the summer. And they have such a good, you know, endurance and strength base. And uh, they're just so performant. Um, and that's what's happened, for example, with, uh, you know, Remy Bonnet or Davide Magnini, or also like people like Francois Daen, who tend to run more like the ultra stuff. So that's happened quite often, I think. But, uh, you know, seeing the sport developing, I think there is a lot more people now who get straight into trail running, not really having a huge background uh, at high level in other sport, because you just need to be more specific and more devoted to what you're actually doing. Yeah, it's been interesting to see ski mountaineering kind of take off in the United States now too. And I think that has to parallel trail running to some extent because I think the two go well together um, yeah. as complements. Um, so I'm I'm curious, like just like why are you so passionate about running in the first place? I guess because you're right. You like I in in the kind of prep for this show, I was kind of you know digging in into uh your background and i'm just like kind of blown away by the diversity of your interest within running you know like you're a 216 marathoner you're towing the line at at cross-country meets but you're also 
you know, at the top of the sport at the sub ultra distance level. Um, what inherently about running um, draws you to it? Yeah, as I said, I deeply love running. And I think, I just think that athletes are so cool. Like, to me, the main thing is to give credit and support professional athletes. I'm so inspired by anyone who is pushing the limits of the sport in any distance, any terrain. You know, from Courtney Do Walter to, I don't know, Shelly Ann Fraser in the 100 meter dash. <laughs> so I'm honestly very inspired. Uh, running has always been my sport. Um, so I, you know, I come from athletics, track and field. I've always watched the world championship and all the big meets. Um, I love following the U.S. distance running scene because there is so many good athletes and there is such a good storytelling around it. Uh, you know, a lot of the work that, for example, Sirius Mag is doing or on the trail scene with free trail, with single track, with, with the work that you're doing, uh, Iron 4. There is just a lot more to follow, I think, in the United States compared to what we have here. Not because the sport is less interesting, but it could, because it's just easier to follow. So... Yeah, this is like Francesco from a fan standpoint. Uh, then there's me running, being an athlete, and uh, I truly enjoy like the variety of workouts and terrains that running off offers. So, you know, I challenge myself with cross country meets where I run with the best of the sport because I'm fortunate enough to have um, two two world athletics cross country meets just uh, forty minutes away where from where I live. So. For example, this year I've done both of, both of them. Uh, a couple of years ago, I decided to focus on the marathon. I ran 216 during the pandemic. So it was like a, a marathon around an airport, not the best contest for, for a competition. But, um, you know, I'm still interested in those goals and the, to, to find out what my potential is on the road, for example, just as much as on the trail. So, yeah, that's why I love running on any surface. Do you find that all of the work you're doing on like flatter surfaces translates to like your uphill running and racing? Yeah, definitely. You know, there is a lot of ways that you can be the best that you can um, in trail running. And there is so many good examples of that. You know, uh, basically every trail race is a point of contact between athletes with very different types of preparations and background. And that doesn't happen in the marathon or other events. That's one really cool thing about trail running. And for me, this approach works really well. Uh, part of it is because of my background, uh, the training opportunities that I have in the place where I live. So I wouldn't be able to ski every day, for example, in the winter if uh, I'm living at home. And uh, I think for a matter of sustainability and just general organization of my day, it really works well uh, if I can, you know, do maybe trail specific workouts two or three times a week. And the rest is pretty much similar to what a marathon runner does. I often go to the track. I run on the roads. Uh, there is plenty of trails, of course. But um, yeah, definitely the, the speed and the strength work that I do, they tend to translate really well into uphill running. Then, of course, it's a little more tricky on technical terrain or descents. Uh, of course, you need specific preparation for that, but I don't think I, I lack anything uh, in my training. What kind of resources did you rely on to like develop this 
sense of training? Um, is this just from kind of like following the sport for so long? Um, there's probably two things. One is the collaboration with my current coach, um, Tito Tiberti, is uh, has been a you know f- first of all a role model for me because I got to know him where, where, when I was really young and uh, very new to the sport. It comes from uh, a road running background. He used to be a marathoner himself, and he taught me so much about running and just the sport in general. So I've got huge inspiration from him, um, but then it's just part of my interests to explore the science of uh, endurance and distance running uh, in many forms. You know, I've I've got a degree uh, from our national federation as a coach. Um, I also collaborate as a coach with a company called Vertran. Uh, I've read a bunch of books, listened to podcasts, read articles. So I just try to to stay updated because. Uh, it's really interesting and it's always a learning process that never stops. Yeah. And I think what's great about the time we're living in now is that like that information is out there for anyone. Yeah. It's really available and accessible uh, if you know where to find it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very cool. I also know you have a physics degree and uh, I have to imagine that kind of must play a role in how curious you are. Yeah. You know, f- physics to me uh, was supposed to be the answer to the question how does this word function you know what 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 is the answer to the basic principles of nature that is around us um so for me it was like a deep love for knowledge and uh, just trying to figure out our place in the world um that's probably you know, physics has probably opened more questions than it has actually answered. But that's the cool thing about learning. You never stop. Um, it's very humbling. And uh, yeah, you, you get a lot, of, a lot of answers, but probably even more new questions and uh, scenarios that just expand your horizons. Switching gears a little bit, I'm I'm wondering if you can reflect on your 2022 racing season. Because I know it was filled with quite a bit of ups and downs, including some injury. But you managed to end the year really strong at uh, the Trail World Champs in in Chiang Mai. So yeah, I'm wondering if you can kind of uh, reflect on that now that we're into February. Yeah, uh, you know, looking back with some perspective, uh, it's it was a wild year. Uh, we started from a hospital bed because uh, at the end of 2021, I broke my left elbow and it was a pretty nasty fracture, got surgery. Um, then I was also dealing with another injury. So uh, many things that were like combining and just giving me a lot of stress. I was probably in a period of my life um that I was pretty vulnerable to to stress and uh, had some mental health issues that I tried to address and work on. Um, so I also decided to work with a therapist, and honestly, it was one of the best decisions of my life. So there were there were many months or weeks of real struggle for me because I was I wasn't able to run. I was feeling like I wasn't making any progress in any areas of my life, and it's not like you know, my whole life is defined by the fact that I'm an athlete and I have to perform and run. I have so many things that I like to devote my time to. But it was just uh, a very stressful period. And um, 
honestly, I still not have the answer of how I managed to come out of it. Like for sure it was thanks to the work that I did with this therapist, uh, in part. And then just, uh, you know, this, this feeling of not wanting to give up, uh, and just keep going in some way, somehow, even if it was not perfect, even if, you know, it was, uh, I was in a very vulnerable situation. Um, so like to, to tell the story, um, I already started running in the spring and everything was going pretty well until the month of June, uh, when I fell again on the trail and broke the same elbow that I had broken six months before. So it was a nightmare because I had to, to go to the hospital again and do another surgery, uh, recover from the surgery. <laughs> and then, yeah, things were relatively easier at that time because I already knew the whole process. Um, so luckily I was able to get back to training and running pretty quickly. Um, and then, yeah, like the second part of the year was definitely focused on the preparation of the World Mountain and Trail Running Championship in Thailand. But most of all, I just wanted to stay healthy and uh, just be the best I could be more than any kind of result or goal that I I could have had. And I think in in that regard, a big a big role was uh, was the fact that I came to the United States for a couple of races of the Golden Trail Series, Flagstaff and uh, Flagstaff Sky Peaks and Pikes Peak Ascent. And then I had a chance to explore the desert in Moab, uh, the places around Flagstaff, Sedona, and also the Pacific Northwest around Portland, Mount Hood, and some of the, you know, the most beautiful places I've ever been to and run on. Um, and that was such an inspiring and uh, important moment for me, for myself. I, yeah, I felt reinvigorated and, uh, found a new motivation and new strength from, from that trip, from meeting new people, uh, spending time in the wilderness. Yeah, honestly, it was, yeah, it, it was a, a, a really good period and probably what I really needed in, at that time. And then I came back and uh, had a few more weeks of preparation, uh, went to Thailand with a free mind and uh, just did what I, what I was prepared for. Was that your first time uh, visiting the States? It was not. Um, so my story with the United States is uh, it's kind of long. And uh, it's, well, because the first time I came was for a pretty long time. I spent a year of my life in the U.S. in 2009 and 2010 because I was an exchange student in high school. Uh, I ended up in a really small high school in Indiana, which is kind of funny because everyone always says, oh, there's nothing really interesting in Indiana. How did you like it? But I loved it. Like I found the best family I could possibly imagine. I found so many really cool people. Um, made some like a ton of friends. Had just a great experience. And since then, I've come back to the U.S. quite a few times, mostly for for running, you know, uh, but also to meet my family. Um, yeah, it's definitely been a, an experience that has changed uh, my life a lot. Yeah, I also think it gives you a really unique perspective of, I guess, U.S. trail running culture, too. I'm curious, where do you think that is from a European perspective? And where do you think the U.S. still needs to kind of grow in terms of, of growing the sport of trail running in general? Yeah, such a 
Good question. So in general, I feel like the entry level for trail running is more accessible in the United States. You know, people are more encouraged just to get out and run on trail. It seems overall, it seems more accessible and more fun. While in Europe, you know, you have to run this race and train a certain way and be competitive. And if you're not doing, you know, UTMB, you're not really a trail runner. Just like if you don't run a marathon, you're not actually an athlete, but that's just not true. Um, so there is this competitive aspect in Italy and in Europe in general that I think is still a little bit of a barrier, which I don't really like. Then I think just based on you know, the geography of the United States, trail running is, is just different. You know, you have so much more open spaces and wilderness than we do here in Europe. And, um, one big difference, for example, is the fact that in Europe it's pretty much possible to organize a trail race just wherever you want. Uh, while a lot of the most beautiful places in the United States are national parks or just places that you cannot organize a trail race. So, uh, for, for example, the FKT culture is so much more developed. And yeah, this is another difference that I see. At a pro level, at an elite level, I think the competition um, is way deeper in Europe. For example, I was watching the, the live coverage by Arvipa for Black Canyon, and everyone was always surprised by how deep the competition was, which was definitely deep. But, you know, to us here in Europe, it would seem like a pretty normal, normal competition. You know, if you go to any Golden Trail Series race or uh, other big races that we have here in the Alps or, or in the Pyrenees, you know, it's pretty normal to see 10, 15 or even more uh, pro elite athletes lining up at the start. So I think on that side, the U.S. still needs to grow. There is, of course, Western State and Hard Rock that always attract um, some of the best runners in the world. But in general, um, I think the competitiveness and the depth of the competition still needs to grow a little bit. Um, and this is maybe in contrast with the fact that the elite runners are in general a lot more professional than here in Europe. Um, just from the way they, they act and they present themselves to the fans and the public. And that has to do, you know, with, with the culture, I think. From the way they answer interviews, the way they present themselves on social media, the way they deal with sponsorships, you know, all small things that are part of uh, an athlete's life at, a, at an elite level that are still important. And that a lot of people here in Europe are probably still trying to figure out. Do you think a key to doing that is is growing uh, the coverage of like sub ultra distance events like the Golden Trail World Series? Because um, I feel like that is that is a sport that is a genre of the sport that, you know, can be broadcast live is like fairly like easy to cover and is more accessible to like people um, outside of our sport that are curious about it because, you know, you're not running 100 miles, you're running like shorter distances. Yeah, I think the goal of the Golden Trail Series project is to just broadcast on TV uh, because they think that that's how trail running can really boom and uh, 
expand, uh, find new new people because basically, you know, the people who are watching the live coverages are people who are already into the sport of trail running. So in order to reach new people, you need to find other formats and uh, and just go on the big screen. I think the format of the Gorn Trail Series being, you know, races around two or three hours is a pretty good format. It's a relatively easy to follow. The action is, is very exciting. And even for, you know, some trail runners or people who are into the sport who have never really followed it, it's super exciting and just gives you a lot of... Uh, enthusiasm for for the competition i think they're doing a pretty good job you know it's it's not easy to film and broadcast the races in such remote and wild places and that's yeah that's probably one of the ways that our sport can really grow to the next level do you think there needs to be kind of like more a of like an organization like a uh, a unified organization opposed to like the whatever two to three we have now yeah i feel like that has always been a point of confusion for me is like trying to figure out like utmb ranking versus itra versus wmra like yeah i don't know i I think that can be really confusing for a lot of people not just myself yeah our sport is very fragmented uh and it's it's beautiful very because there is such a variety of things that one can do so like everyone can find his his segment uh, and that's cool but we're not really doing a good job at making it attractive and marketable for from an outside perspective because it's so fragmented so there is definitely confusion among big circuits federations and private organizations and everyone is kind of trying to seek power and work on its own little segment of the sport. Now, of course, there is UTMB, who is probably the most powerful organization that is taking over a little bit. And, you know, I don't want to say that's good or bad. It's part of the growth of the sport. Um, I think it's okay that there is different circuits and, you know, private organization organizing their races and series. But I think that would be so much better and sustainable and just good for the sport if it was under a federation umbrella. Like kind of, you know, how the World Marathon Majors or the Diamond League are under the World Athletics umbrella. They're still private series because they have private sponsors and private organizations, but they kind of fall into the umbrella of World Athletics. Um, and I think it's it's a better way to to grow the sport because in this way you're probably making sure that athletes are at the center of the attention and the choices that these organizations are making so you know i don't want uh utmb or golden trail or wmra to to just stop their what you're doing and um, you know just one organization seek power and uh, organize everything i think there is room for everyone but there needs to be collaboration in between all those institutions for example from the creation of a unified ranking which would be the dream working on a better calendar um just avoiding overlaps uh, trying to organize a world championship that is really the most attractive event of the sport so you know if right now utmb meaning the event that is organized in Chamonix is the most attractive 
races are the most attractive races of the sport why would we not organize a world championship championship there like you know ironman kona for example that is the world championship and it's always in the same place because that's where everyone wants to go so i think you know we need to think outside of the box and find new solutions for a sport that is unlike any other we just like we don't need to copy what other federations are doing because we're just different um but we need to just find our own solutions and work for the best of our sport yeah i think a huge obstacle we face is is honestly just like scheduling right like having really marquee races occur on the same weekend just dilutes the the entrance list so kind of like having an organization to really um plan a year around a few major events where like all the pros show up and compete i think would do a lot in kind of like clarifying uh clarifying like yeah who's at the top of our sport yeah exactly you know i gave the example of utmb uh it doesn't necessarily have to be that way i wish there was a world championship organized you know every two years in different locations that attracted the best runners all over the world but you know it's not happening uh it's you know the world championship in Thailand was a great event it was one of the most competitive races of 2022 but not the best there is of course uh there's still a lot of work to do um but you know that would be maybe the the direction that we should aim to but um a lot of people are a lot of organi- organizations um are not working in that direction and that's why you know there is a bunch of interests and different factors that pull in one direction or another they're just not making the best choices for the sport yeah and i mean i think it is it is so difficult to establish a ranking system because of how many variables are inherent to our sport right like there's so many different distances like no course is the same really um it's an it's an interesting issue, but I think it's also like part of what makes our sport great in a way. Cool. Um, why don't we shift gears to uh, the the work you're doing with the uh, Pro Trail Runners Association? How did that project kind of come about, and and what is it? Yeah, so I think it overlaps with a lot of topics that we already touched. Uh, one of it is calendars and competitions. Another one is you know accessibility and you know, respect and recognition for the pro athletes, for example. But um, to tell the story from the beginning, um, it was around September, I think, that I got a WhatsApp message from Killian um, saying, you know, asking me if I wanted to help him setting up this organization. Um, And I was, of course, very positive since the very first moment because uh, we actually had already tried to establish a professional trail runners uh, organization in 2020. It was the year of the pandemic, of course, and we felt like it was a good moment when you know every competition was stopped to to just do something meaningful and good for the athletes. We tried, but didn't didn't work out because of lack of coordination and organization. So basically, every everything stopped after a few months of talks and meetings and trying to set up some documents. 
but um, you know last year we somehow we found uh, new motivation to try again and i think also better organization we tried to you know start with a relatively small group of people and then of course extend the the, the possibility to be part of this approach runners organization to pretty big group of athletes right now we're almost 200 uh, among the best elite athletes in the world um, but the core of the group is is pretty small this way it's easier to make decisions of course we're always keeping everyone up to date everyone that is part of the association updated and they have a voice um, because they can you know ask questions or send suggestions answer surveys um, we're constantly in touch with all the elite athletes that are part of the association but the fact that uh, you know basically okay there there is a few working groups on specific areas of what we want to do but uh, like the general board is just seven people this makes everything easier in terms of decision making and uh, just carrying on the the whole work and then we have a general secretary who is um the only paid position of the association and uh is not actually an elite, an elite athlete but someone that we hired um with a great knowledge of the sport to kind of help us and be the face of the association um you know when when we go to meetings or we meet with uh, federations circuits organizers uh, brands um because that's you know we didn't want to put ourselves just out there because it's I don't think it's the best uh, solution, um, but yeah, that's how things started. And um, right now, everyone is is pretty excited. I feel like we have a, a great momentum to to carry on with um, some of the initial thoughts and projects that were discussed. Um, we had the first general assembly in December last year, and since then, there's been a lot of discussions and meetings. Um, so basically we've divided in working groups to focus on the different areas and projects that we want to carry on and the main areas are competition and calendar which i'm in charge of um so like trying to work with the different federations and organizations and circuits to find a better calendar, make sure the competition is accessible for as many people as possible, not just elite athletes, of course. Uh, we've been talking to UTMB, for example, because we have felt that there is uh, a lot of friction and people are just not always happy about the rules that they're establishing. There is probably also a lack of transparency from their side. So, you know, we're not trying to work against anyone, just giving feedback and have a voice um, to kind of help the decisions that ultimately affect us as athletes. Then the other big working areas are one is like um, fairness, uh, accessibility, athletes' rights, um, you know, in regard with this, this is, this is related to, you know, not just the pro side of the sport, but just, general accessibility by any athlete to the competition and making sure we we have uh you know we take care of issues like woman equality or when it comes to contract um 
that everything is set, is set up correctly, um, that women have maternity leave, for example, or other rights that we could try to ask from the brands. Um, a third important area is anti-doping. And that's where, you know, the kind of the, the, the spark for, for this second try to set up the Pro Trail Runners Association came from because last year a big race was Serdinal was won by, you know, two Kenyan athletes who were then caught for doping. And, uh, you know, we felt like it was a terrible thing that happened within a sport. We like to believe that our sport is still relatively clean, but of course we need to do more in order to protect it. And, um, that's actually the original idea where the Pro Trail Runners Association came from to work for a more fair, a more clean sport as a whole. So, you know, one of, one of our goals and dreams would probably be to set up a system to become part of the ADAMS program for out of competition controls. Um, because most of the circuits and organization are already working with WADA, which is the World Anti-Doping Agency. Of course, we want also to push for more controls at the competitions, but um, since trail running is growing and expanding so much, we absolutely need um, out-of-competition controls. But the problem is that they, they basically cost a lot of money. So... We need to find someone who <laughs> pays for them. Um, and then the fourth big area is uh, environmental protection. Because, uh, of course, trail running is a sport with a very small impact on the environment. Uh, most of the impact comes from traveling to competitions. But I think as athletes, we can be leaders in climate uh, activism and just bring awareness and uh, yeah, just raise interest towards what is currently probably the biggest issue that we're facing as a world. So we feel that is important and we feel a great responsibility in that. And uh, there is a lot of athletes who are very excited and um, willing to contribute. So yeah, it was to to give you an overview of the different things that we were doing. Yeah, I mean, that is like such an ambitious project, but everything you touched on is like so critical to the future of our sport. Um, I guess I'm curious, like wh how, why you feel so strongly about about getting involved in this now? For me personally, you mean? Yeah, like, do you think our sport it has like reached a level where it it needs this? Like, why hasn't this kind of come about five years ago, yeah. you know? I think, I think this is a good moment for an association like the PTRA to, to be established because I've seen trail running has boomed after the pandemic. A lot more people have come to the sport and uh, have found a new interest towards the outdoor and uh, everything that you can do in the nature. And that's one thing. Um, and then 
on a, on the professional side, the sport is definitely becoming more professional because, you know, if I have to think five years ago, how difficult it was to, you know, negotiate a contract with a brand and how relatively easy it is today. You know, I wish I was a, a young athlete now in my, my twenties, just uh, moving the first step in the sport because if I had had these possibilities maybe 10 years ago, my career would have been completely different. And now everything is, is easier and yeah, maybe better. Um, but I think there are some issues and things that we need and want to take care of to make sure some of the values that make trail running so special are preserved. And um, especially as I was mentioning that the decisions that are being made by institutions, brands, and and uh, yeah, private organizations, we who are the ones who right now have the most power within the sport, we need to make sure that those decisions take into account what the athletes want. Because so far, I feel like no one has never really asked what the majority of the athletes, especially the pro athletes, really want. So we want to be a resource for those organizations um, and a voice to be taken into account because we're not just giving, you know, opinion based on, you know, our general perception about what people think just because someone has posted on social media that, you know, they're complaining with the UTMB price or with that race, not giving, um, you know, t-shirts to women or whatever. We're based we're basing our, our decision on actual numbers, asking each athlete to give feedback. Um, and that's completely different from, you know, just complaining on social media or having an individual voice. We have the strength of a group of people who represent the face of the sport at an elite level. And I feel that has a lot of value. And um, again, we want to work side to side with the different stakeholders that are already involved in the sport, not against, uh, to kind of set a common ground for dialogue in order to make the best decisions. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of the professionals in our, our sport now also like don't have agents, you know, that can negotiate on yeah. behalf of them. So having an organization like yours is even more important when it comes to yeah negotiating contracts and stuff like that. Um, because it is it, it is cool now that like more and more people are able to legitimize trail running professionally as like their only source of income, right? Like they don't have to work a second job. And I think 10 years ago, that wasn't really a reality for a lot of people. Yeah, it was maybe, you know, 10 people being fully professional in the whole world. And right now is, right. I don't know, 200, I don't know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, sweet. So before I get you out of here, uh, I'm just curious on a, on a personal level, um, what do you have coming up in, in 2023? Where can we see you? Um, so I still need to figure out my exact racing schedule, but uh, as a general idea, I would like to move on to the ultra distance um, with more decision. Um yeah, just trying to 
to see what I can do in something, some race around the 100K or 80K distance. That would be really interesting for me this year. So in order to do that, I think I will run a 50K in in the spring, in either March or April, still trying to, to figure out what, because I had a small injury at the beginning of the season, which has slowed down my preparation a little bit. Um, I will still take part in the Golden Trail Series circuit because um, I think it currently offers the best competition and uh, I'm really attracted towards, you know, competitiveness. And as I've said before, I would rather get, you know, 10th place in a race that is that is as deep as possible in terms of level of the competition rather than on the podium of a race that is not as competitive as it could be. Uh, I think a healthy approach to racing by an elite runner needs to go where the competition is higher. And um, yeah, so I will do Zagama in May and then there's the World Championship in Innsbruck in uh, in June, which will be another race on my calendar. Um, honestly, I haven't made a decision whether I will run the short trail race or the uphill mountain race. Because being so close to the to the one that I ran in Thailand, you know, it feels like repeating the same experience over again, which is not the most attractive uh, type of feeling for me, because I like to explore new things and to challenge myself with different um, experiences. So, um, of course, that depends also on the choices of our national federation here in Italy. So, of course, I will try to support the team as much as possible. But um, there is a little bit of conflict inside me on what whether I should do the long or short race uh, in Innsbruck. But, you know, being the World Championship so early in the season, that leaves pretty much the second part of the year open to a lot of new things. So after Sierra which will be in August, um, I would like to try to run one of the UTMB races ideally CCC, uh, because I want to jump straight to the 100K distance. Uh, you know, doing OCC would feel like doing something really similar to what I'm already doing, what I already have a lot of experience on. Um, and then after that, hopefully coming over to the United States for Pikes Peak Ascent and the Mammoth Trail Fest, which are the two final stages of the Golden Trail World Series before the final, which take which take place in Italy. So yeah, uh, I think there is a lot of chances for people who want to meet me or see me at different races. Um, so if anyone wants to to see me, uh, now you know where you can find me. I saw last year at uh, the Pikes Peak Ascent, you bumped into uh, Matt Carpenter. Did, yeah. he, uh, did he have any uh, training tips for you? And I'm wondering <laughs> if you can kind of like tell listeners who that is and why he's important. Yeah. So Matt Carpenter is the legend of Pikes Peak um, and one of the best endurance athletes in the world. Um, we're talking about 30 to 20 years ago. 
Um, he has the current record of the marathon and the ascent on Pikes Peak, which are both ridiculous time, which have never been got really got even close by any other athletes. And, you know, so many good athletes have run on Pikes Peak, killing included. Um, yeah, for people who want to know more about him, he has a really interesting website with a lot of statistics and races and things that he did. Um, so check it out. Um, he's a very cool person. He's still running every day. He's probably in his fifties or something. Um, and after, you know, after his, uh, best athletic achievements is now open the, an ice cream shop in Manitou Springs, just near the start line of uh, Pikes Peak Ascent. So if you ever happen to be in Manitou Springs, you need to go there because uh, yeah, the ice cream is, is great and Mott is a super fun, super interesting person. Awesome. And uh, where can people learn more about the Pro Trail Runners Association? Yeah, so we have a website there we will try to keep updated but there is like all the basic information and um things that you can learn um and it's like trailrunners.run we also have an instagram channel where we're presenting all the different working groups and what we're doing and where we'll be we will be posting uh the updates from the association and uh yeah, as the project expands, I think we're planning different ways in which people can interact with us. We're also um, open to exter external collaborators, which is something that I feel is important to mention because some of the people who are currently helping in our working groups are not part uh, of the association, but they're just people who decided to volunteer their time to help us. Um, maybe, you know, expert in the outdoor industry or environmental science or, you know, lawyers for contracts, whatever. Um, there has been a lot of positive feedback by the trail community after we announced the start of the Pro Trail Runners Association. Um, we will also be setting up uh, a donation uh, account for people to to donate because we are a nonprofit organization. Um, we will need a small budget to just operate um, and and just carry on with the work on a on a daily basis. Um, so if people wanted to support us, it would be very much appreciated. Yeah, and I. Uh... I highly encourage listeners to support because it's it's a great organization and I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to continuing to follow along. Awesome, man. Well, this has been a ton of fun and thanks for, uh, for taking the time to chat with me today. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks. That's it for this edition of Off the Couch. Thanks to Francesco for the conversation. Thanks to Justin Bob for producing this episode. And from everyone here at Blister, please take good care of yourself, keep moving forward, and we'll talk to you again next week.